time for Coffee with the Chicken Ladies, a podcast for people who love chickens. Hey, everybody, and welcome. It's Chrissy and Holly from Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. We're here today, and we are bringing you a special avian flu update mini episode. Holly Ann had the pleasure of talking with John Moyle, who's a poultry specialist for the University of Maryland Extension Agency. John Moyle has 50 years of experience, and she had the pleasure of talking to him for about 40 minutes on the phone. And we want to bring to you the information that we found. John is an excellent resource. He knows poultry. Yeah, and we had a phone interview because it was just much easier that way to get the information at this point. We need it quick. Right. So within the last week, there has been an update to the USDA APHIS site. So there are more than 100 cases in the U.S. right now. H5N1, which is the Eurasian strain of the avian flu that our friends in the UK and Europe have been dealing with. Right. And the highly pathogenic H5. And these have been found in several U.S. states and in Canada. Correct. U.S. states with the highly pathogenic version of avian flu include Florida, the Carolinas, Virginia, Maryland, Delaware, and New Hampshire. Correct. Right now, there is one outbreak at a commercial turkey farm in Indiana and also at a farm in Canada. Yes. We all have questions. Lots of questions. We've shared infographics. We've talked about our biosecurity measures in our backyard flocks. We are prepared. Right. But what we wanted to do was talk to an actual specialist, someone who does this for a living. Yes. And get the information out to you that's reliable. Each state should have their own poultry specialist in their state's extension agency. Right. We are very lucky to have John. Like I said, he's extremely experienced. He works with people around the world Correct. with her poultry flocks. Yeah. So our main question for John, what birds carry this? The vast majority by far are waterfowl. And that's what we're seeing in the numbers. The waterfowl are the ones who are coming up positive. Yes. Especially the dabbling ducks and some of the diving ducks. Uh, correct. Which is sad because I'm a duck lover. I mean, yeah, it's so, it's it's really so sad. sad to hear about any of them. Now, this surprised me. I didn't even think this far, but raptors. So where you and I are, We don't have a lot of contact with the waterfowl, but we have raptors, your hawks, your eagles. We're inland, so we're away from the edge of the water. Right, we're not on the shore. within 20, 30 minutes. Right. So raptors, again, your hawks and your eagles, they will carry this. Canada geese can carry this. It's unknown if the black and turkey vultures that you find migrating on the flyways right now carry it. So we'll assume that they do. The way that they would carry it is if they attack a duck who has it and then they're ingesting that duck. Or eat a deceased duck because they do eat carrion. Yeah. Exactly. They're nature's cleanup crew. Any kind of waterfowl that they're feeding on who has this can then in return give it to them. It's the same for the raptors. exactly. Exactly. Now, songbirds very rarely carry these strains but they can carry a lot of other diseases. Yeah. So when you're worried about your run and if you see a little bird that gets into your run, Mm -hmm. that is less of a concern at this point. At this point, right. If you're trying to deal with avian flu, yes. It's not a concern. They can bring mites and lice and parasites, but the avian flu, they are not really going to be carrying. Exactly. It would be extraordinarily rare that one of them had it. So it is doubtful that we will have to go into a federally mandated flock down. Just be careful in your own backyard. Exactly. But John's advice was we should all stop free-ranging our birds for the foreseeable future. Right. Because that's where they can pick up from fomites, from feathers, from feces. Right. The virus. So if you have a substantial run Mm -hmm. in which your chickens can exercise so that you don't have to free-range, this is where you want them right now. Yes, absolutely. 
The other important thing that John mentioned is to cover water and food. Oh, absolutely. Those are the two most important things that John mentioned to you on the phone to help protect your own flock. Right. Keeping your birds in a large covered run and covering your food and water. It is doubtful that we will have to go into a federally mandated flock down the way our friends in the UK had to. But best practice is that we should stop free-ranging our birds for the immediate future. Yes, keep them in their covered run. This is one thing that we've talked about in the past. The run size is highly important for especially times like this. Right, right. If you have a large size run in the winter, there's not a strong need to let them free range. Right. And I know there are parts of the country where it does stay green. Right. But here in the Mid-Atlantic, other than exercise, there's not much benefit to free ranging The grass outside. is dead. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of bugs no, out there. Right, exactly. The ground is mostly frozen. So, or mud. Yeah. So mm-hmm. keeping them in, it's not going to be too bad on them if you have a larger run right now. Right. And if you don't have a larger run, if you just have a tiny space for them, this is a good opportunity to get something set up. So what you want to do is let them into a covered space that has not had hawks, geese, or ducks flying above it or visiting in any other way. Exactly. So you could set up a safe run with the shade cloth on the top. Exactly. And what you could do is go to either episode 15, in which we talk about avian flu in depth with Mm -hmm. Fiona. Right. Or go to episode 61 in which we talk about emergency prep and we do address the avian flu. Right. And Fiona had a couple of suggestions. If you have something like a hoop house or a greenhouse, you could use something like that. But either way, if you're letting your flock out for their safety, you want it to be a covered space. Biosecurity with footwear is also a very important thing. Only have one pair of shoes that go into the chicken run. Do not wear them anywhere else. Right. Coop shoes that you don't wear anywhere else because you could drag the avian flu back to your flock on the soles of your shoes or boots. Correct. Don't wear your coop shoes to the feed store and then go out to your chickens. And if you only have one pair of boots, that's when you want to set up boot washes. Yeah. In the show notes, I'm putting a link to a page on the Pennsylvania State website that has excellent biosecurity boot wash guide. It details what you can use in a boot wash. Lysol and iodine are among the things you can use. But if you're working with only one pair of boots and you need help setting this up, check out that link. Definitely. Now, it can jump to humans, but most worldwide cases are almost always in places where the people have their poultry living with them. Bodily fluids, feces. Right. So there was actually a case in England where someone contracted avian flu and it was because he was encouraging wild ducks to live in the house with him. Yes. And he did contract it from them. Mm -hmm. So that is a possibility. Again, the majority of it is going to be in waterfowl. Right. And actually that brings up something else. If you keep house chickens, be very careful where you let them out right now. Yes. I have to be very careful where I take Gertie. Yes. I take her to one spot in the yard that's not a big place. But again, we are inland. We are not near a lot of waterfowl. Our main problems right now are raptors and Canada geese. So wherever you take her out, you need to make sure it's someplace they haven't been around. Exactly. Yeah. So this is what we wanted to come on and tell you. This is information that we got from a very, very reliable source. This man has been doing this for 50 years. He told Holly Ann there is no cause for major panic right now. No, that's why we have stress preparation in the weeks leading up to this. You have your preparation in place, and then you put these things into practice. You make sure your runs are covered, food and water is covered. Don't free range your birds, especially if you're any place near waterfowl. We can't reiterate enough. No need to panic. 
John Moyle said, no need to panic at this point. Just tighten your biosecurity. Right. I mean, it is something to be taken seriously, especially depending where you are. He's in the eastern shore of Maryland, which is shorebirds everywhere. Yep. And just because this has shown up in a commercial flock does not mean it's going to be this huge spread. Exactly. It can spread just as easily from wild birds as it could from a commercial operation. Correct. The virus is the same no matter who's spreading it. So if you do have any questions that we did not answer for you, please send us a direct message or an email and we will try to get those answers to you as soon as we can. At the current time, the APHIS website of the USDA is still the best place to see reported cases. It does run a bit slowly because the testing takes a while, but the APHIS website still has all of the necessary information and we do have that linked in our show notes. So what should we tell everybody to do until the next time we talk to them? Hug your chickens. Every day and kiss them too. Don't forget, we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you'd like to see more of us, please follow us on Instagram at Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. If you'd like to help us grow the podcast, please leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, please visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. Thanks for listening.